Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. It's a beautiful day. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Kevin Bowen from 107.5 The Fan, KB. The Colts beat a pretty good team yesterday at home uh, at Lucas Oil, but I was watching that game. I feel like uh, the the Chiefs actually uh, lost that game more than the Colts won the game. Do you agree with that assessment? Uh, That's probably accurate uh having said that just because you watch someone puke doesn't mean you stare at the puke you help them clean up the puke and, i love it okay i did not know that was going to puke right there that's why yeah, well, that's why we like having you on for this analysis here yeah maybe that's a little too graphic of a visual but not for our audience no <laughs> i figured that um the Colts did their part in making sure that if the gifts were to be handed to them, they still could win the game, you know, with those gifts. Like the Chris Jones penalty late in the game that kept the game-winning drive alive. If the Colts are down two scores in that moment, that penalty probably doesn't matter all that much. But because their defense hung in there and hung in there, and Patrick Mahomes' teams rarely get held to 20 point or 17 points in a game – uh, kudos to the Colts' defense. Did Kansas City make some awful kicking situations, decisions, execution? Sure. Did they have a huge muff punt early in the game? The Jones penalty? No, Kelsey had a drop. Yes, there are tons of reasons why Kansas City lost that game. But when you're a winless football team, you shouldn't apologize too much. Right. It, it should always feel good when you beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. But I do think there's something to what Nige said here, Kevin. If you're a fan and you watch this game from the kickoff until the final play, you see that that Colt offensive line is really bad. And they're getting paid a lot of money to be good. They're the 180 of that. They're awful right now. There was that 15-yard penalty late in the game that kept the drive going for the Colts. There were some muffed punts that kept things rolling for the Colts. So, yeah, I mean, we should be excited as fans that the Colts won this game against a damn good team and a generational quarterback like Mahomes. But, boy, there were some ugly parts of this game, if you're a fan, that have not been cleaned up yet for the Colts. Yeah, and that's probably a good way to summarize it, Hammer. Um, Again, you can sit here and be happy that the Colts won. I mean, hell, it's better than the alternative. But also, and especially up there on West 56th Street at the team complex, you better be critical in your evaluation because – the 60-minute effort, the 60-minute performance by the Colts yesterday will not get them to nine wins or whatever, ten wins, you know, however many wins that will be needed to win the AFC South. Um, and it, like you said, it starts with your offensive line. I put some of it as well on Matt Ryan. I think there's a lack of awareness from him that I didn't think we'd see from a 14-year veteran, whether that's pocket awareness whether that's pre-snap awareness where free rushers are coming from, you got Matt Ryan to avoid stupid plays and to be smart at the line of scrimmage. I don't feel like the Colts have gotten that, at least to the degree that they were expecting. So, again, you need better from him. Ryan Kelly needs better. And just your individual offensive linemen um, need better. They are paid as the highest-paid offensive line in the NFL. 
and they don't, have not sniffed that return on investment this season. Hey, go back to the end of the game. We mentioned the the unsportsmanlike uh, penalty uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, where one of the players was he trash talking Matt Ryan or something? Is that what happened? That kept ended up keeping that Colts drive alive. Do you, do we know what he said? So the phrase is abusive language. Um, interpret that as you will. I have never seen that penalty called from a verbal standpoint. You know, when you see unsportsmanlike calls, it's usually some shoving. Yeah. It's usually maybe a taunting penalty of a player standing over another player. I didn't really see any of that. We had Jeff Saturday on our morning show today. Jeff Saturday said he's never seen it, like ever seen it. And frankly, Jeff Saturday thought it was ridiculous. Thought that there is, you know, and a guy, obviously Jeff doesn't know what was said, but Jeff's like, you know, guys are way too emotional during the game to call that penalty at that time, especially of the game. This is me obviously just guessing here, but there had to be some sort of slur said. Like, I don't even remember the official coming on the, the, the mic at some point in the game and being like, hey, 95 has been worn for, you know, whatever. Some verbal, unsportsmanlike, if he does it again, there will be a penalty. You know, sometimes you do see that during a game, but you didn't see it in that moment. I did find it interesting that Chris Jones, the guy who had the penalty, he was mad, but I don't – it's not like Andy Reid, which would have been a sight to see, frankly. It's not like Andy Reid was chasing after the officials after the game. You know, it, it, right. it's not like you, 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 you saw those moments. So, for as much as the penalty necessarily shouldn't have been called, you know, Kansas City didn't complain as much as I would have complained if I would have been them. Right. If the old movie Bull Durham, the baseball movie, has taught us anything, there are certain <laughs> words or phrases that can get yeah. you kicked out. And in today's NFL <laughs> landscape, where they let you say in quite a bit, uh, there are a few <laughs> words that will get you thrown out or at least a flag tossed. And I think that's what happened yesterday. Yeah, he certainly said the magic word or words, I guess. I would also point out this. The head official threw the flag. I'd be curious if that would have happened in the secondary. Like, does the back judge think he has mm. the clout to throw that flag? Because, I mean, let's be honest, guys. If that flag doesn't get thrown, the Colts lose the game. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, that, 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 there's five minutes to go in the game. The Colts hadn't forced a punt in five drives. Uh, Kansas City's either going to run out the clock, they're going to get in scoring position, they're going to do something, unless they would have muffed another punt or <laughs> whoever else, you know, something else probably would have been gifted. But, that was just such, such a critical penalty by really one of their star players. Hey, did I did I see, we're speaking with Kevin Bowen, 107.5 The Fan. Did I see the Colts actually convert a fourth down play? <laughs> uh, yeah, am I imagining uh, yeah, that? I it's, well, it's the old blind squirrel finds a nut right in the forest every <laughs> once and again. Third time's the charm on fourth and one. And you know what? I thought for a second Jacoby Brissett was doing his QB sneak impression. Right. Yeah. It was Matt Ryan. Yeah on the QB sneak. And honestly, this goes back to Hammer's question about the O-line. You know, Jonathan Taylor, they had a fourth and one where Taylor jumped from about three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And you know what? I think he had to because Kansas City's D-line just took the Colts' offensive line and moved them two yards back on that play. It's just it's such an issue for this football team right now when you get into short yardage and you can't turn around and give it to Taylor and feel confident about it because – your offensive line can't control the uh, the trenches. I mean, one of the defensive guys. I mean, I watched one of those plays. That one of those one of those ends came around. He wasn't touched. I mean, he could have used a walker 
and just kind of (laughs) slowly uh, trudged his way up to Matt Ryan and tackled him. What what happened? What is going on with this line? What needs to be fixed? You know, I'll go back to something I said earlier again. Free rushers, just way too many free rushers. You know, it's one thing to, like, allow a free rusher. If you're going to allow that, you need to make sure that you know where that ball's going quick. And, again, that's what you brought Matt Ryan here for. Carson Wentz's inability to identify, process, and take advantage of those situations is what doomed the Colts last season. You know, honestly, when a free rusher comes, what does that mean? That means that you have an advantage somewhere else. It's a simple math. So you've got to find that. And that's where Ryan, of 14 years of NFL experience, over 10,000 pass attempts, like that's where he is supposed to help you out. So, I, yes, it's some of it on the O-line. But, again, we had Saturday on earlier today, and he pretty much said that how they handled offensive line stuff uh, before the snap with Peyton was just Saturday would set the line protection himself, and then Peyton would have the ability to overrule him at the line of scrimmage. Frank Wright gives full autonomy to his quarterback. I assume that's the same same for Matt Ryan. That's something that we need to ask Reich, but um, that's that's certainly an issue right now. Kevin Bowen with us, 107.5 The Fan does the morning show, Kevin and Query. All right, so as much as we've made fun of the AFC South, they were 3-0 and yesterday against the AFC West, and now we got a big one coming up this weekend, KB. Boy, I know, and I think I joked with you last week, you know, the AFC South should be on true TV like the random March Madness games, and they, they <laughs> certainly told me to shut up yeah. with that performance yesterday. This one is vital on Sunday. It's Tennessee, and not to get into the math of it, but math-wise, you would rather beat Tennessee than beat Kansas City last week because you've already squandered two opportunities in the division. To me, you can't afford to squander many more, and you got to think that Tennessee and Jacksonville will be there with you late in the year. So this one is massive. Uh, If you expand out the schedule the next four weeks, you'll face Tennessee – You'll have Denver on a short week, and then in back-to-back weeks, you'll see Jacksonville and Tennessee in consecutive games. So you're about to play five divisional games in your first seven. You've already missed out on two of those chances. You can't afford to miss out on many, if any more. Where can we get a full breakdown of yesterday's game and a preview of Sunday? Yeah, again, we'll be on air tomorrow, 7 a.m. Kevin and Query over on our sister station. That's 107.5 The Fan. And then for uh, all of our written content, 1075thefan.com, got a couple articles up uh, recapping yesterday's first one of the season. KB, you're the best. Thank you. Yep, enjoy it, guys. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.